their letters are confusing and poorly written and nobody likes reading them and your blood starts boiling when you even open one of those brown envelopes. So the process can be simplified. And if mm -hmm. you know, what are they asking for? Can I put it together and send it in? They'd be dumbed down and simplified and, and handled fairly. You're listening to The Small Business Mastermind, a podcast created by Olympia Benefits to help small businesses juggle business, finance, health, and wellness. I'm your host, Morgan Berna. Personal finance can be stressful. There's so many options and acronyms to keep track of. It's tough to know where to start and how to improve what you're already doing without getting a finance degree. Add in the word taxes and most of us completely shut down. That's why on this episode, I sit down with two chartered accountants, Matthew Peterson and Curtis Gabnett of True North Accounting, to discuss everything you need to know to get and stay financially fit. Known for their simple explanations, Matthew and Curtis do a great job explaining some basic and not-so-basic concepts in this episode. We cover RRSPs, TFSAs, family tax advantages, changes coming this tax season, what to do if you get audited, and much more. If you're looking to minimize your taxes and get the most out of your income, this is the episode for you. All right, let's jump right into the conversation, and I'll be checking in with you again at the end of the episode. Curtis Gabinet joined the True North accounting team in 2016 and became a partner just two years later. Curtis connects with people naturally and enjoys building a relationship with clients. He's always quick to respond and has a sincere desire to help people. He's a Chartered Professional Accountant, or CPA, formerly known as Chartered Accountant, and has a strong background in small business accounting and tax. Curtis will fight the CRA for you and work all night to make sure your deadlines are met. He's patient and happy to explain things to clients several times, making sure no one leaves his office confused. He's also known for coming up with ridiculous analogies to help. He genuinely cares about your success and is here to work beside you every step of the way. Curtis is available anytime by phone or email to help you find solutions to problems big or small. Matthew Peterson loves business and sees small business owners as the backbone of Canadian society. He earned his chartered accountant, now called Chartered Professional Accountant, or CPA, and his chartered business valuator designations with PricewaterhouseCoopers in Calgary between 2009 and 2014. He's passionate about business and wants to help small business owners and employees achieve their goals. While earning a Bachelor of Commerce from the University of Calgary, Matt ran his own lawn care and landscaping company. Understanding a small business owner's perspective and employee's perspective, he can communicate tax and accounting concepts in ways that are easy to understand. You will never leave his office more confused than when you entered. Welcome, everybody. We are here with Matthew Peterson and Curtis Gabnett, and we're going to be talking about a variety of topics here that employees should have on their radar. So these include RRSPs, TFSAs, family tax advantages, changes this tax season, audits, stock trading, what to do yourself and when to get an accountant, and installments. Maybe, Curtis, here you can let us know what will a listener be getting from this episode overall. Just a, a general understanding or more of an understanding than they probably already have yes. as far as what these things are, what they mean, what you can do with them. Um, when you're taxed, what, how, how they work and why they 
you should know about them. Yes. I'll admit here that I was researching some of these and I had never really read up on them before and I am shocked at my choices and <laughs> redoing everything. So yeah, why have I been doing things the way I've been doing <laughs> what them? What am I doing? Why was I never taught any of this in school? These are a lot of things that I think a lot of us have heard all these terms, but are we actually handling these properly? Are we using these to our advantage? How can we do better with our money? So how about we start off with RSPs, broadly what it is, when to start, some rules? So RSPs, a lot of people hear RSPs and they think, okay, I'm registered retirement savings plan. I'm saving for my retirement. Mm -hmm. And you are, in a sense you are. Um, They're tax sheltered, right? So it's investment that normally if you invest money somewhere and you earn investment income, interest, dividends, any any form of investment income, you're taxed on that income. Mm -hmm. In an RSP, that income isn't taxed. What it's earning is not taxed. It's only taxed when you take it out. Mm -hmm. So it can grow, but it's when you take it out that you actually pay tax on it. Um, Another important thing, and how I view, I view, you can can invest, and it's great to invest and plan for retirement. There's so many different ways to invest. I, I, from an accountant's perspective, you view RSPs more as a tool to drop your income. Yeah. In a given year. So there's there's different ta- there's different times when it makes more sense than others. So what you put into it when you file your income tax that year, that amount isn't included, correct? It directly reduces your taxable income that okay. year. Okay. So oftentimes it's it's good regardless, right? Yeah. It drops your it drops what you the income you're taxed on and you're putting amounts away for for retirement. And you're mm-hmm. probably going to create yourself a, a tax refund that you can use. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes if you can pinpoint a specific tax bracket, like if you, if you with yeah. a little guidance, if you can use that RSP contribution to get under a tax bracket and have nothing hit at that higher rate, it, it becomes more effective. Or if you have low income and yeah. you might not owe any tax at all, there's probably no point in putting it into RSPs because you're mm. not eliminating any tax. You're not saving yourself or deferring any tax. The idea is you're dropping your income. You want to you want to level your income over the course of your entire mm-hmm. life. Yeah. The spikes and drops in income is what is it's inefficient overall. But you can't put an infinite amount into this, right? There's a limit every year. There's a limit. You yep. you from you, the more income you earn every year, employment income increases your contribution limit, mm-hmm. and there's only so much you can you can increase it by each year. Mm-hmm. So you've only got so much room to work with. And if you over-contribute? Well, if you over-contribute, um, I guess jumping back to that, uh, Matt wrote down a, a number that I, it's kind of an 18% of your earned income is <laughs> what your RSP contribution limit goes up by. Usually, oh, okay. most people have a good chunk. It, like a normal person, you're probably earning income, earning income early in your life prior to having anything extra to put away into, into retirement. So yep. you've grown it to a point. Yep. Um, so you've got some wiggle room to play with. If you over-contribute, it's, it's an ugly problem. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's terrible to deal with. You might not be notified of it right away. There's significant interest and penalties. Um, it's a good problem to have because if you're over-contributing to not, I, I don't want to say good problem to have, but it's a, it's a, it's an ugly problem, but it yeah. does mean that you've got enough to contribute more than your maximum RSP contribution yeah. limit. So you're you're paying tax on the amount over your contribution limit mm. at one percent per month. Okay. Which that's just about credit card interest rates, yeah. right? When you yeah. when you look at it. And 
we've seen cases where people don't even know they're over-contributed for years and years and years. Mm. And then it's interest on however much over the course. It's, it's horrible. You have to pull it out. And then when you pull it out, you're... It, it, all sorts of complications and ugly tax forms to file. And you want to get a general idea. What do you, mm-hmm. like, ideally you, in a perfect world, you max out your RSPs and then 18% mm-hmm. of what you earn each year, you're you're just contributing. You stay on top of it. But yeah. not everybody, most, most people aren't in the chair to be able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So then you're taxed when you withdraw from this, and are you taxed based on how much money you were earning at the end? Around when yeah, you when you working? withdraw, it just adds to your taxable income. Mm-hmm. So in normal scenario, it's into retirement. You start pulling out RRSPs, and, and your income has fallen down, so mm-hmm. you're in a lower tax bracket, and you end up saving saving a good chunk of, of tax over the course of your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, depending how much you withdraw, the banks will often withhold tax from it automatically. Okay. Just so, just similar to income tax being taken from you on your T4, they, the banks withhold it so oh. you don't end up owing yeah. a good chunk at the end of the year. Um, you, can, you can pull RSPs out any time. If you're in a scenario where you don't think that, like, if you may need to fall back on savings, mm-hmm. it might not be the smartest idea to put that into RSP because then you end up pulling it out at a later date if you have a big expense or a big purchase coming up and yeah. um, then you're just, you're taxed on it, right? It, yeah. Um, it, so then our other option is uh, TFSA. What is it? When should you start one? What are rules people should know? I guess I'll take this one. Um, so, yeah, TFSA is the tax-free savings account. Um, it's, it doesn't, whereas an RRSP saves you tax today, a TFSA doesn't. You're investing after-tax income. So the benefit is, it's like the opposite of an RRSP. You invest in a stock portfolio or ETFs or whatever it is, and the growth in or the capital appreciation, the growth or the dividends, the interest, whatever return you're getting on those investments is mm-hmm. always tax-free. Okay. And it can be, it's like six grand a year right now that you can contribute to your TFSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and just keep in mind, like with RRSPs and TFSAs, like I, we hear clients say, oh, I bought some RRSPs or I bought some TFSA. It's, you're, the investment choice is separate from like making that contribution um, so you can invest in whatever you want. Use a financial advisor, or wealth mm, planner, or mm-hmm. wealth simple, or something like that yeah. to make those investment decisions. Um, just from a tax perspective, though, you invest. Say it's um, like dividend-paying stock, like a like a midstream pipeline company or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's paying five percent dividends. You can use those dividends to buy more stock, and that's like really compounding interest and. So if you do that in your 30s and in your 60s, you can then switch that stock repurchase to start paying out dividends, and that's cash flow after you retire, and mm-hmm. that's that's really tax-free cash flow. Another, I guess, perspective is you can buy if you're taking a gamble on like a, a risky stock. Yeah. That might go 10x or something like that. Yeah. If you do that. In your TFSA, that's a huge amount of capital appreciation that's totally tax-free. Oh, yeah. The downside is if you lose everything, you don't get to use that capital loss. 
some schools of thought are like just invest in interest-bearing, steady, income-producing assets in your TFSA. Other school of thought is take your risk in your TFSA. Go for and, it. <laughs> yeah, go for the home run. So between these two, RSP and TFSA, they're just kind of types of accounts, but within them you can do different things. Yeah. Like you can invest or you can, you can just directly save as well, can't you? Yeah, you can put it into a high-interest savings account or something like that yeah. if you have no risk yeah. tolerance. Yeah. Are there any, I guess, downsides to the TFSA or anything that it, can you over-contribute to it as well? Like anything yeah, like definitely. That? You, with both of them, you just want to keep, before you put in a big contribution, mm-hmm. just know where your limits are. Right now it's like 63000 and change or something like that that you can contribute. Because mm, it just, since like it Stephen Harper started it in 2009. Okay. And so if you've never put money in, you can Everybody catch up with that 63000 Everyone's got sitting aside. <laughs> as long as you've been eligible yes. for all those years. And I guess I'll just make a note on that. Like, yeah, you're not accumulating TFSA until you're 18. Yep. And if you're a non-resident, um, both of these are they're considered trust accounts. So if you've been Canadian and then you've moved somewhere else for work, there's a lot of guys that go to, or a lot of people that go to the Middle East, and then they yeah. there's no income tax over there, so they cut their residential ties here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so they don't pay tax in Canada. And when they do that, all the money they have in their RSP gets taxable. And mm. um, you have to be a Canadian resident to have money in either of these accounts. Okay. All right, good to know. Moving on, we're going to talk about some family tax advantages. So um, I've got noted here that there's CCB, dependents, and disability tax credit. Are these things that you know families should be looking at? Are there difficult requirements? Yeah, this is another change that Trudeau brought in a couple of years ago. Um, whereas we used to have um, like the fitness allowance for your kids, like you get a tax deduction if you put them in hockey oh, or yeah. baseball. Yeah. Or, um, there's still the arts one, but we've gotten rid of that fitness allowance, mm-hmm. and instead it's just called the Canada Child Benefit. Okay. So families get a tax-free amount that gets sent to them each month, and it's based on their household income. Okay. And there's some calculators online um, that if you're about to have a kid or a second kid, even as your kids move up, you get, like, the amount you get changed. Like, under 6 is a certain rate, and oh, then okay. 7 to 15 is... So you can calculate um, to see if you qualify. And yeah, or much, just to kind of? know how much to expect next yeah. year. But, yeah, it can be, like, for... I guess I don't want to put any numbers out there, but it can be pretty significant, and it's... Um, you're really making life in Canada more affordable mm-hmm. for, for families, for sure. And then the disability tax credit, if you're disabled, you get your your doctor to fill out a form, which Mm -hmm. then they have to sign, you send it into the government, they have to send it back approved, and Mm -hmm. then you can use that um, that tax credit. There's quite a few different different programs or credits or benefits or deductions like that, and not all of them are common. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times you'll we see clients. Um, the common thing is, oh, we're, I'm going to send you my tax stuff for the year, and we get some documents to show up, and it's like, yeah. well, you didn't give us any medical write-offs. You didn't. We d- d- maybe there's a disability in the family. Do, are you even claiming this? Do you know this exists? Yeah. Um, there's a lot that people don't even know, right? Mm-hmm. So 
um, a little bit of, of research or asking or just a quick sit down with your accountant if you have one or even asking friends and family like what do you mm-hmm. guys write off right you yeah. might just not know that I donate to tons of places I'm not claiming any of that because I didn't even some of them some of the really really simple ones so yeah okay so maybe this is the fun or scary one I guess you'll let me know uh changes this coming tax season some of them are major some of them are minor some of them won't affect anybody some will be some it it it, it all depends um yeah <laughs> That's that's a t- terrible way to <laughs> just you know way to stuff, it, it depends it depends. <laughs> um, so understanding your own scenario and how like the the CPP changes like CPP contributions are going to be increasing for everybody right so okay. some people might be at an income level where I don't know halfway through the year they all of a sudden they hit maximum CPP and now they're they're they don't have to contribute anymore so they're they're monthly paycheck has just gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, the CPP over the next next few years is increasing, so the maximum's going up, so you're going to have to... Employees have to continue to contribute, which means employers have to contribute mm-hmm. and, and match that. And when you multiply it by however many employees you have as a business owner, it could be could be significant. Uh, maternity leave, there's... it. Was it 12 months before and now you have the option to extend it to 18 months with the, uh, like it's, it's, they, they factor in the, the smaller amount per month, but you're Mm. able to take more time off and stretch it over, over 18 months. Mm -hmm. There's, it's, you want, we, we send, we send out a, a a newsletter all the time. So anytime we identify anything that's going to affect our clients, we're trying to throw it, put it in their face, right? So they, because we don't know everyone's personal life and everything that affects them and what they do and and where they earn all their income and where they spend their money. So just presenting it to them so they can, they can bring it forward to, Hey, this, this applies to me. Is this something I can take advantage of? Like for a while there was that family tax cut that saved every household $2,000 and then they did away with that and everybody was mad that they couldn't couldn't claim that again and then the mm-hmm. the child fitness one they take that away and people are still sending in so there's there's no huge major changes for this upcoming tax season that I'd say everyone needs to be aware of and and track this down and collect them and give them to your accountant yeah um but there there are little little minor yeah. minor things for sure so I know you um your company does a blog where you post this kind of stuff. Is there anywhere else people should be looking just to keep themselves versed? I don't know. TrueNorthAccounting.com is probably your, <laughs> your number one source. I think that's a good uh, one, yeah. Selfless plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a website called The Balance that they have Canadian and American yeah. articles, but they ha- it's really geared around personal finance. and Even the CRA yeah. website, though. Like, yeah. They... If you just want to know what, like, black and white, what can I do, what can I do, Yeah. Um, you can look on that. TurboTax, yeah. they have a good community and a, and a blog. Like, if you have questions around your rental property income or something like that, mm-hmm. there's, there's some forums out there. Man, Reddit has so much good stuff on it, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, Intuit, which makes... TurboTax and QuickBooks and all that. Yeah. They just have a big community. Yeah. All right. So I'll make sure I'm linking some of these down in uh, the description for anyone listening. Of course, True North's blog will be <laughs> will be linking that one, um, which is really great. I was taking a look at that before. It's got 
nice, simple explanations of things. Okay, so moving on, um, the next topic we've got here is audits, aka process reviews. I guess simply what is an audit? Maybe why would someone be picked um, and how can you handle it? So there, there can be triggers. We'll talk about some of those. It can be completely random. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole Canadian tax system is based on self-reporting, right? So they don't, the government doesn't know a lot of this stuff. You're reporting your own personal tax situation. Yeah. And they have to test and, and confirm some of this stuff to keep people honest, essentially. Yeah. So a lot of the times it'll be, there's, there's common ones, high medical expenses, certain things that are unusual. I'm sure their system is sophisticated enough where it, it immediately upon filing will run ratios and, mm-hmm. and pick out certain things that are abnormal from prior years and, and so on. And most often you get a letter in the mail. You see that nice brown envelope that everybody loves, loves taken out of the mailbox. And it's, it's a, CRA written letter that's hard to understand and if you haven't seen one before you're usually not even sure what they're asking in the first place yeah and sometimes it's just can hey we need to conf- we've picked this amount you claim medical of X we need to confirm that and you've mm-hmm. got to put together all your receipts that you claim that add up to that amount and send them all in you can you can do a lot of this electronically and submit through their website to make it a lot easier yeah um, so. Yeah, so staying, or if, if you commonly have large medical expenses in your family, then knowing that that's a common one to be reviewed by CRA, it's not a full-blown audit, it's it's a simple review where they just yeah. pick one thing or two things and they say, okay, you claim this, show it to us. Yeah. And you just have to send it in and usually you'll get a letter back saying, okay, no, we've accepted it, no changes have been made. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just to keep people honest and... Um, Sometimes it'll be it'll be a little more aggressive from CRA where they they start questioning things and disallowing things and a spider web ensues where it might link to something else and then mm-hmm. they're looking at a, a few more things. Mm-hmm. Um, moving expenses, any large credit, vehicle expenses. If you have employment expenses and you're writing off vehicle, um, there's certain other ones that seem to trigger it more. Then, mm-hmm. And then every year, CRA seems to pick a couple that they really like to check on, and then yeah. they kind of mass send those those letters out to check on on what people are filing and why, and if they're if they're allowed. It 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 can their their letters are confusing and poorly written, and nobody likes reading them, and your blood starts boiling when you even open one of those brown envelopes. So the process can be simplified, and if mm-hmm. you know. What are they asking for? Can I put it together and send it in? They give you 30 days and you can usually request an extension. And even if it goes beyond that extension, not that I recommend pushing the limits, but you can usually still provide the support after the fact and it's yeah. accepted. And, okay. Um, so so it, can, have... it can be dumbed down and simplified and, and handled fairly. Yeah. Fairly. So just for easily. anyone, if you're going to have a big expense, just make sure you're hanging on to your paperwork. Otherwise, are there any reasons it might happen? Maybe someone doesn't make any large purchase that year. Is there anything that person could do to just make sure they're good or is the risk pretty low? It it depends. (laughs) Um, If you just have tax slips, if you just have T4s and T5s and a few odd things and you're not claiming anything unusual, you're probably not at at high risk. Yeah. 
if your employer doesn't file your T4 for you mm. and you you submit it and you claim this income and this income tax withheld and this CBP, you might get one that wants to see that T4 because your employer never actually submitted it to CRA. Mm. So, mm-hmm. but unless if, it, if there's nothing complicated going on you're probably probably not gonna not gonna see one yeah yeah very often did you have something to add matt there's probably a a 30-day window from the date they mail it which if it takes a few days to get there you're probably down to three and a half weeks that you need Mm -hmm. to figure it out yeah um so don't ignore those things even if you don't understand it just send it to your accountant yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about stock trading. Yeah, you can purchase stocks through a dealer or an advisor. Um, if you do go the self-directed route, there's tons of options out there right now. We've all seen the Well Simple and the, mm-hmm. the Quest Trade commercial. This is really if it's if you're investing in your TFSA or in your RRSP, don't even worry about it. This is only if you have a non-registered account. Um, okay. And it's self-directed and you're like day trading or buying and selling stocks even just once or twice during the year. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes time to do your taxes, you got to claim the cost, your cost and your and the sale price. And there's these new slips that came out a couple of years ago called T5008 slips that your bank should send you. Sometimes they have the cost for that share on it. Often they don't. So mm. you have to really just keep all your trade summaries slips. Okay. And and then you submit that when you do your income tax filing? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, you're taxed on your capital gains. If you have capital losses, you can carry those forward back three years, forward 20 years, and apply them against capital gains. A couple things to note, like, like Matt mentioned, those T5008 forms, mm-hmm. they... They're not perfect, and they do often get spit out and into your hands in the mail with just proceeds. So okay. they won't have the cost. So be careful. Make sure you know the cost of what you bought something for if you sold it, because if the slip only has the proceeds, that means CRA only knows the proceeds, which means if CRA challenges something, they see the proceeds as a full 100% gain that you're taxed on. Uh, and so okay. you have to give them support. If they challenge it, you have to give them support to show the cost. Mm-hmm. So that can be a big one. A um, couple, like some of the most common simple tricks, um, selling, like there's there's certain rules between right near the end of the year. It's good. It's always good to take a look at how you're, if you have an investment portfolio, how's it done? Do I have a huge gain that I'm about to report come tax time? Mm-hmm. If I do... Maybe I want to take a look and pick some of the losers and sell them at a loss because that loss will shrink your gain. It'll apply right against it. And mm-hmm. you can, and that you, you have to wait 30 days if you want to like purchase that back mm-hmm. for the gain or for the loss to kind of solidify. But there's some simple ways to, to take advantage of the, the, the way the tax system works there. So, yeah. So, next we're going to chat about installments. So, what are installments? How do you make them? So installments are CRA requesting that you prepay your taxes, okay. essentially. If you owe over $3,000, and this is personal tax. This is your if you're a sole proprietor, your personal GST. For a corporation, it can be GST, corporate tax, provincial tax. If you owe 
a lot, they want installments for the future year. Mm-hmm. And there's a few different ways they calculate it, but um, usually it's, they're just going to look at what you earn or what you owed in the prior year and cut it into four quarterly payments. Mm -hmm. And then they want those in advance. And the idea is that they're forcing you to prepay so you don't have a gigantic tax bill again. Um, And they get their money up front and they make sure you don't go delinquent. You can also choose to make installments yourself if you know if something happens different than a common year and you know you're gonna owe tax yeah you can choose to go online like you can submit these through online banking through CRA's website there's you can mail a check-in um there's a bunch of different ways to pay them but it's a way to get out ahead of hey I know I'm gonna owe tax come the end of April this year so I'm gonna go write a check for thousand dollars sent CRA so I lighten the the burden at the end of tax season and they, they, the, the, the worst part that most people voice their dis- displeasure on is that they charge you installment interest if you don't make them. Um. So they're requesting tax payments paid in advance for next year's tax that's completely based on an estimate, and they don't even know if it's actually going to happen, right? And then they're going to. And then they you charge interest? you installment interest if you don't make them. But Ooh. there's some. It, it gets yeah. a little more complicated exactly when the installment interest applies, and depending mm-hmm. how much you owe in the following year, because it is an estimate. But um, yeah, it yeah. just sounds like if it's been requested of you, do it. So you can avoid that. Siri doesn't doesn't mess around, right? Yeah. They they request <laughs> something, they charge you interest. They're gonna they're Go gonna get their money at the end. So um, yeah. it can be a good tool to instead of having to set money aside in a separate savings account and and focus not spending this to like set it aside it, you're, you're kind of just putting it in your own CRA account to, yeah, yeah. to set it aside yourself and if you overdo your, your installments or you don't owe as much in the following year mm-hmm. there you just get it refunded to you yeah. so it doesn't just disappear um, but again you need to you, you'd have to owe quite a bit before they request these but mm-hmm. Um, just get they to do, know. do exist. Yeah. Well, we've sort of just lightly touched on all these topics on this episode, but um, let's talk a little bit about when someone should get an accountant, if they should, when they should, and maybe just some things that an accountant can help someone with their personal finances with so that maybe someone listening would like to learn a little bit more about one of these topics or just get a little more financially fit for this year. Yeah, like on the personal tax side... If you can do it yourself, um, or if it's just a T4 slip, or even a few slips in the mail, um, it's pretty simple. You, there's TurboTax out there, there's U-File, which are very affordable, and they walk you through the process, lots of resources. So that's you. You don't really need an accountant. You're not, as an employee, there's not a lot of flexibility you have for write-offs and that sort of thing anyways. Yeah, totally. As soon as you get into a sole proprietorship or a farm or a rental property or if you have um, foreign assets, there's certain reporting you have to do around that. Oh, employment expenses. If you're a salesperson or you're required to travel on your own dime for your for work, mm-hmm. there's another slip you get called the T2200, which allows you to expense some of those expenses. Yeah. Um, those are a little bit more complicated. So that's when... If you, if you just feel overwhelmed and there's one of those apply, mm-hmm. um, then that's when I would find an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for someone who's never worked with an accountant before, is it something where 
you hire someone and then you work on an ongoing basis? Do you just work together, you know, once a year around tax season? What's that relationship look like? Usually we see people bounce back and forth. You want to find the right fit with an accountant. You want, it's someone, whether it's, you have a business, whether you're just, you have your personal taxes and it's less complicated, whatever the level you want, you want to make sure you can, you can go visit someone once and have them help you. If it's a complicated year, you could walk into H&R Block and have them yeah. file it through their system because they, they might know a bit more than you do or you could look up online. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want you just want to, you're, you're going to talk with this person a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be the back and forth. There's going to be questions. You're going to mm-hmm. um, build that relationship. You want to find someone that it works with because um, depending on the scenario, most, most times everybody's entering the same slips into a uh, tax software program and it's spitting out the same information at the end of the day you want someone that can that you like working with um yeah someone who can mention things like those those family tax advantages you two mentioned or um the investing options i think as well yeah and also you want somebody that will stand behind their work so just finding an, an accountant that is that knows that if those letters come and receipts need to get sent in, mm-hmm. they're going to do that for you and meet that deadline. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so sure ask that get... up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, for anyone uh, listening, they've heard this episode two weeks after our first one, but we have been here recording for quite a while, so thank you so much, uh, both Matt and Curtis, and they've been having to slide between a single mic on their <laughs> little wheelie chair, so... <laughs> been a a good sight for me. (laughs) Did you two have anything else you wanted to add to this? Maybe a big thing you want people to make sure they're doing top of the new year? Yeah, get your get your paperwork together and be organized and and, uh, make sure your accountant's happy because it it makes a difference and um, yeah just just you want to if you are reaching out to an accountant make sure it's somebody that you feel good working with um, because you might be with them for for a long time if it all works out Mm -hmm. and you want you want to avoid confusion it's it can be a really complicated things can get complicated and it's not something you don't want to or like to deal with most of this stuff there's few people that do that's why we have a job essentially yeah so (laughs) don't don't be confused don't let yourself be confused get the answers you want and um reach out to your accountant, get, yeah. get clarity. Yeah. You have an office in Oak Oak, so if anyone's looking to work directly with True North, you're also opening one this month, January in Calgary. Yeah. Mid January, we should be opening in Bridgeland, um, which is exciting for us and yeah, stop on by and ask some questions. We got lots of resources that can kind of guide you along, especially in if you're thinking about launching a small business or going out on your own, yeah. um, that's kind of where we where we specialize and we'll walk you through all that. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for all your expertise today. And- oh, thanks for having us. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Small Business Mastermind. If you'd like to be notified when future episodes are made available, you can visit olympiabenefits.com slash the small business mastermind to join our notification list. The link will be available down in the description for you to click as well. All right, that's all we've got for this episode. I want to say another big thank you to our guests that did this two-part series. If you haven't checked out part one, it's all applicable information for business owners. So you can give that a listen if that fits you. Otherwise, I'll be talking to you again very soon.